Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that is done with gimmicky Halloween segments. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. Hello, College Football Bros. It's me, the devil. Oh, crap. Not again. <laughs> You're not going to be bugging us the whole episode like you did last year, are you? I feel like that's kind of been played out. Well, if you're tired of me, maybe a few of my scary friends can visit you. No, no, I think, guys, we're, we're good this episode, yeah, right? Yeah, we're just going to stick to football. Yeah, just football. We're kind of trying to be a more respected podcast, so we're good. We're good. Was that a wink? N- no, no, I definitely did not wink. It looked like you winked. I did not wink. Did you Did you guys wink? No, I didn't see you do it either. I don't think anyone winked. I read you loud and clear. Stay tuned, fourth bros. It's about to get very frightening. <laughs> All right, I'm wow. not sure he got the message there. Don't think so, but boy, that thunder's... Uh... Kind of lasts a little while there. <laughs> Has to make uh, an appearance. There. It's loud. Make his presence known. It does. Uh, okay, well, we might be getting some visitors, it sounds like, guys. I, yeah, I, I, so. I don't control that, so apologies in advance to the listeners. Uh, but let's start out here with some five-star reviews. So go ahead, Ryan. All right, first one's from Timberthy. Uh, I'm typically very biased towards the SEC when it comes to sports in general, but the CFB bros is making me a fan of other conferences and other schools I don't usually cheer for or watch. Y'all feel like a unique pod in a sea of sports pods that obviously comes well prepared as long as you get enough sleep, LOL, Michael, Michael, Yep. and keeps things funny and light. I'm an Auburn alum and love the chaos that is Auburn football, but as I said, have come to enjoy other teams like Baylor, Tulane, or anyone from the... Pack 12 after dark. He has a question here. I'll direct this towards you, Mike. Uh, what year and which team had the most chaotic season, in your opinion? Hashtag War Eagle. All right, that's that's a good question. Some Auburn years definitely come to mind, but <laughs> yeah, I know. Cam Newton's year. Yeah, yeah. I'll say as far as uh the most chaotic season, that's gotta be 2007, at least in our lifetime. That was nuts. A lot of I think anyone who was number two went down that year. Um, but for one team. I'm going 2008 Buffalo. And Trey and Ryan, who was the head coach for Turner Gill? Turner Gill. Very good. So going into that year, Buffalo had zero bowl appearances in program history. They started out the season two and four, looking like not a great season. They rolled off five straight after that, three of those in overtime, including two games back to back, quadruple overtime, then double overtime. Wow. (laughs) Insane year. So then, of course, they made the, the MAC championship where they didn't play against, you know, a mediocre Mac team. They played the 12th ranked team in the country, 12 and 0 Ball State. Another trivia question, who was their quarterback? Oh. Oh, I can picture him too. I can oh. picture him. Uh I know you guys know this. Oh, this is going to Oh, that's annoying. I'll give you his initials. ND. Ryan, can you tell Milo to be quiet, please? I heard a bark in the background. <laughs> yeah, I'll try. Okay. Nate Davis? No. Nate Davis. There Nate you go. Davis. Oh, that's it. Nate wow. Davis. Yep. So, okay. So they played against Nate Davis and Ball State. They were a 15-point underdog. Yeah, and they won that. 42, 42 to 24. So 
MAC champs. They ended up losing the International Bowl to UConn, but still, that was a crazy year. Yeah, that is yeah, not to win the MAC like that. Huge upset. That's crazy. It got him the uh, Kansas job. It did. Wow, what a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, Trey, what's our next five star review? Yeah, we got one from Patty Mac eight one one. This is a great podcast for college football junkies. These guys love the sport and their brotherly familiarity with each other makes for a great listen. Shout out to UConn football and their ridiculous claim to a BCS appearance despite being the worst college football program imaginable. Ouch. All wow. right. We've we've yeah, that's rough, but we've already got two UConn references very early in the podcast well, here. As they'll be FBS for a little while longer. Oh wow. Just makes sense. <laughs> okay, we'll see. <laughs> uh, anyway, week nine recap. Let's get into it. So, the big game, of course, Kansas State upset Oklahoma 48 to 41 as a 23 and a half point underdog. Trey, how'd this one go down? Yeah, so, I mean, Oklahoma, they started up 10 nothing, and the whole world sees a blowout coming. But K State ended up holding the ball, sustained drives, and then Oklahoma just could not stop them in the second half. K-State actually made it 48-23 in the fourth quarter. And then Hertz made a valiant comeback only for them. They actually recovered the last onside kick, but as it turns out, it, it hit an OU player before the necessary 10 yards. But, you know, as far as the game itself, so much for Alex Grinch's improved Oklahoma defense. I mean, they just got slashed by a pretty mediocre K-State team. They go and give up 48 points. Like, yikes. Yeah. As far you know, for Oklahoma in in total, they're they're still alive, but it's really hard for me to view them as a serious contender considering considering this particular game and and their fairly easy schedule up to this point. Yeah, I just kept waiting for the warts to show for that OU defense. It, it seemed like there was just band aids after band aids being put on it, and they just weren't. They were good. They have been good, but they weren't quite top of the line. And I kind of thought a couple weeks ago I think I said this on a pod like somebody's gonna get them in the big 12 they're not they're not untouchable yeah I thought it would be Baylor but <laughs> yeah. it still could be still could be maybe yeah they still yeah, they still know. have some tough games left so I know exactly so I it's I can't imagine I mean they're not out of it like you said Trey but uh who, who let me ask you this who would you guys take right now if well who do you think would have the better case Oregon or uh, Oklahoma yeah, that's that's could be it could come down to that. Yeah, I, I think that the committee would go with Oklahoma. I think the I know a lot of people are going to say, well, Oregon's only loss is to Auburn, a really good team, whereas Oklahoma is is to K State. But right, I don't know. I just think the Big Twelve is a is a better conference than the Pac twelve. And um, you know, the, if you just go by eye test, who do you think is better? I have a feeling if they're both twelve one at the end of the year, people are going to think Oklahoma is better. That's true. But I mean, there's still some games to play out. I mean, if Oregon kind of whips Utah and the Pac-12 title or something and, and SC this week, you know, there's but yeah, that it's going to be a debate. There's gonna be a lot of teams kind of in that mix. Probably it's starting to look like for that probably about the fourth slot. Yeah, the other the other team that could be in the mix there is like a one loss, of course, non-conference power five. Champ. LSU. LSU. Yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Alabama would have a tough case because they really wouldn't have a lot of quality but wins. I test. But yeah, I test yeah. they'd probably if their only loss was to LSU, you'd probably still think Alabama's one of the four best teams. Mm-hmm. And then like there could be a one loss Penn State if they only lost to Ohio State. Yeah. You know, I mean yep. not saying they're they're worthy. It's just there's a lot of teams that are going to be jumbled for that potential fourth slot. Yeah. So but I agree with both of you guys saying that Oklahoma is not out of it because 
they were having this debate, you know, in advance with all these potential teams for that number four slot. But there's a good chance there isn't, for instance, a one loss Pac-12 champ, right? Like there's a good chance. Oh, yeah. Oregon could easily go down. Yeah. And Utah. Exactly. And there's, you know, who knows what's going to happen in the Big Ten if if Penn State loses twice. Uh, who knows? But yeah, exactly. Um, But the point is they're still in it right now. Massey Peabody has them as a Oklahoma as a 34 percent chance to make the playoff. I think uh, five thirty eight has thirty percent. So, whatever it is, there's there's still that chance. Yep. Yep. Um, I'll, two big plays I also wanted to bring up in this game that helped K State build the lead. End of the first half, that trick play where Nick Basquin, the wide receiver for Oklahoma, threw a pass. Yeah. It went it went horribly wrong, which you would think that means he just threw it straight to a defensive back, but no, he threw a perfect pass. It to, was a um, great pass. I think it was Charleston Rambo just bounced off his hands. K State got the pick. That led to a touchdown. And then midway through the t- the third quarter when K-State was already up 34-23, Oklahoma fumbled the kickoff, led to another touchdown. So, yeah, it was – Oklahoma's defense sometimes was put in bad positions. Obviously, they played bad, but – They weren't, like, know. pathetic, to, to your point. Right. And, I st- like, I still think Oklahoma – I still think they're one of the five best teams in college football. They They lost this one, but – Sometimes that happens, you yeah. know. I mean, a couple years ago, what they lost wasn't it at home to a seven and five Iowa State team? Yeah, and they ended up going to the playoffs. So these things happen. Yeah, it's there. I can buy top five for sure. But to I guess we've kind of been focusing totally on Oklahoma. Big win for K State and Chris Kleiman. I mean, that's yeah, nice true. start to his tenure there. It really is. Okay, next game. LSU held on to beat Auburn twenty three to twenty. Ryan, what'd you see here? I mean, as I was watching this game, I, I just kind of kept waiting and waiting for LSU to kind of pull away, open it up a little bit. And because to me, I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching, I just thought that they were they were outplaying Auburn. And really, this the stats kind of backed it up. Hundred percent, two hundred more total yards, almost twice as many first downs. I think it's kind of obvious they were outperforming them. But yeah, and Joe Burrow was way more effective than Bo Nix, who who had another tough one here in this game. But hey, Auburn did their best to, I give them credit for forcing a couple turnovers, kind of making it interesting. So LSU, man, I'm just continuing to be impressed by what Joe Burrow has done. He's done it against Florida. He's done it against Auburn. Look good. So it's, they're for real. I'm, I think that, I know the the game, when's the Alabama game? Was in, in two weeks? Two weeks. I, I like LSU in that game. I know we're, I'm jumping ahead here, but I think they're more of a complete team than Alabama at this point. Maybe. I mean, it kind of depends on on Tua's health. So we'll wait to see, you know, if we get any news on that. But yeah, um, yeah. as far as LSU in this game, I totally agree with everything you said. I don't think the close score really indicates how much LSU kind of dominated this game. They had a few plays go wrong. Derek Stingley fumbled that punt return that gave Auburn a, a short field and a touchdown. And then on consecutive drives, LSU moved the ball really well. On one of them, Auburn got a goal line stand. And then another one, Burrow threw a pick at the goal line. So they were moving the ball. Yeah. But, you know, against a great Auburn defense, give Auburn's defense credit, they kind of, they bend it a little bit, but didn't break. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess the only concern I would have, though, is that that they in the red zone, they, they kind of struggled in this game. So if they do want to go on the road and beat in Alabama, they're going to have to shore that up. But I mean, they're fine. They're, they're, they're great. And but I'm I'm actually becoming more impressed with their offensive line because Clyde Edwards Hilaire had a had a big game and there were some gaping holes for him and and he's been running the wall or running the ball well so I uh, 
I'm I, I am buying LSU, but uh, I can't wait for the big one. Yeah, and by the way, I think I just said bended <laughs> when Did I was you speaking. really? <laughs> I don't think that's a word. I think it's bent, but it's okay, Mike. Whoops, sorry about that. It's you know it happens. That's why we're not making the big bucks, guys. I'm holding us back. Um, okay, next game: Ohio State beat Wisconsin thirty-eight to seven. I'll break down this. Get Ryan, you're shaking your head at this one. Uh, it's just because I mean, wow, this is a freaking freight train that just nobody can slow <laughs> down, man. Yeah, it is. Well, I'm going to ask you after I, I kind of break down the game, if you think Ohio State's the best team in the country. Ryan, I think you've kind of already weighed in on that and yeah. your reaction here kind of gives me your answer, but I'll be interested to hear from Trey. Um, so anyway, in this game, it, it wasn't a blowout from the start. Both teams started out slow. The first seven drives resulted in punts. And actually, early in the third quarter, it was only 10-7 Ohio State. But then... The floodgates opened. J.K. Dobbins had a huge game, 20 carries for 163 yards and two touchdowns. But the real reason Ohio State might be the best team in the country, their kind of leg up on some of the other top teams is their defense. Chase, Chase Young, Young was, yeah, he was unbelievable in this game, put himself in that, at least in the Heisman invitation discussion, because I'll believe it when I see it, you know, if a defensive player really has a chance yeah, to win. Yeah. Um, but four sacks, two forced fumbles. And their defense held Jonathan Taylor to 20 carries for 52 yards. So that brings up the question to you guys. Is Ohio State the best team in the country? Well, first off, I want to I want to address that defense. In the preseason, I, I think I got a little flack from from some people talking about uh, I w- how much I thought Ohio State's defense would improve. I did not see it being like a top two, three defense, but they're insane. Nobody did. Um, but I'm going to say I'm going to say they are the best team. I mean, there there isn't really a bad answer you can make a case for right now alabama lsu or ohio state um but the buckeyes even though they've had a soft schedule they're just dominating everyone they're blowing them out of the water i mean again in most of these computer ratings they're having a historically great start to the year i mean they're they're just they don't really have a flaw right now offense defense it's crazy yeah even their special teams is good it's just they're the by far the most complete team to me uh, they lead the country in points per game given up, and they're barely second in the country in points per game offensively, j- barely just behind Alabama. But I mean, they're so far ahead, like after the first quarter that they kind of can, you know, take the take their foot off the gas. So they could probably still be number one in that too. And I, they have the best player in the country. I think, I, I think Chase Young is the best player in the country. So, I mean, you can make an argument, but he's just an animal. So they could, they could have like, I mean, three. They have three Heisman contenders: yeah. Dobbins, Fields, and and Young. It's wild. Yep. All right, let's move on to Michigan beating Notre Dame in a uh, really torrential downpour, forty-five to fourteen. Trey, what'd you take from this one? Yeah, that it really was as hard of rain as you're going to see. It It was pouring, but so it's really in this one. It's 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 really not fair to judge the quarterbacks too much due to those conditions. But I will say. Shea Patterson actually outplayed Ian Book. Uh, he made a great touchdown pass before getting whacked uh, in the second quarter. I don't know how he got that ball away. But the the real difference was Michigan was able to control the line, and they ran the ball for three over 300 yards. And the defense for the Wolverines, they forced turnovers. They held the Irish to under 200 yards and made them really look bad. And if you look solely at the last six quarters, Michigan seems to have found some life and have looked much better. Yeah, the offensive line in this game, yeah, was the really impressive thing. They were running the ball really well, like you said. Um, and I'll just, I want to point to one game, one play in this game uh, that was, it's hard to say that it 
that anyone plays a, a big factor when Michigan just killed them, but it was a big momentum swing. So Michigan was punting from their own end zone. It got blocked oh. and down the field. A Notre Dame guy tried to jump on it, muffed it. Michigan got it back. I thought that was a really big play. I mean, maybe they still blow them out anyway, but who knows? Yep. Yeah, it's a, it was a toughie here for, for, for the Irish, but I mean, I don't think even most Notre Dame fans expected them to make the playoff again this year. It, I think we've, they kind of realize it. They'd be lucky to do that, especially two years yeah, in a row. Yeah, but you don't want you don't want to get blown out like this. No, That's... you don't want to get blown out. But I don't think you know the weather, tough opponent. I don't know. I think you can sort of somewhat excuse this game a little bit. Mm. I, I'm just trying to look at it from I don't know. a positive point of view here for Notre Dame. Yeah, but to that point, I'm you know I do have to point out Harbaugh gets a lot of grief and he's polarizing and people are always kind of calling for their head or he's not he's not doing that great, but. Why does Brian Kelly continue to get a free pass? I mean, he's he's lost a lot of big games too. Yeah, and he's if his some of his schedules were as hard as as Michigan's in the Big Ten East, you know, he probably yeah would have a couple more losses. He went on undefeated there. one year, made the national title, then he went to the playoff last year. Yeah, I mean, well they they scored he's three. Been pretty darn but good. No, I I'm not saying he's not good. I'm just saying compared to Harbaugh. Yeah, no, I mean it's Harbaugh gets so much flack. No, that's fair. Thank you, Trey, for defending Jim Harbaugh. I thought I was going to have to do it, <laughs> yeah. but because I got a stat here to j- defend Jim Harbaugh. Right now, they're tenth in Sagarin, Michigan is, and eleventh in SP plus. So Harbaugh haters are right. This is a disaster. Oh my god, <laughs> they're so bad. Top ten team. All right, any more comments on this game? Or well, Notre Dame. There's they're, they got five games left, and they're probably going to be double digit favorites in every one of those games. If not, they're going to be pretty darn close to it. So looking at. 10 and 2 is very realistic. Nothing wrong with that. Making a New Year's Six Bowl. It's a great year. Yeah, that would be that would be definitely a good year. Yeah. Get off Brian Kelly. <laughs> wow, we've got a Kelly defender. No, I just I, I don't know. <laughs> He's been good. Okay, let's uh let's move on here to Uh-oh. That music is creeping me out, guys. Oh crap, I see a red balloon. Psst. Down here. It's me. It's Pennywise, the dancing clown. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, we see you, but we said we're not interested in this gimmick today. We're just talking football. Oh, okay. Are you sure you don't want to come down here? I've got pizza and candy and Ryan. I've got Coca-Cola. What, you do? Really? <laughs> oh, Ryan. Ryan, no, no. What? No, what? He's got Coke. Oh, I'm going in that sewer for sure. <laughs> Can't turn down Coke. Ah, gotcha, Ryan. Trey and Michael, you have to answer this question. And I'll let Ryan go. Which player instills the most fear in opposing coaches? Well, I, we've, we've kind of talked about him, and I, I got to say Chase Young, Ohio State's defensive end. Uh, you know, there's been multiple coaches that have... <laughs> had high praise for him including mark d'antonio saying he doesn't really view him in the human form it's <laughs> just uh he's, he's a beast yeah uh thanks for the question pennywise it's a great question um chase young was definitely trey i think actually at the top of my list but i, I had a backup here because i had a feeling you might say him so jalen hurts and it's because he's both one of the best quarterbacks in the country and running backs like literally if he if you just took away his passing stats you could make an argument that he still deserves to be in the Heisman conversation so uh, right now if I had a Heisman vote he'd be number one 
I don't care that they lost because that was all the defense's fault. He was amazing this this weekend. So, Jalen Hurts is that is that good enough, Pennywise? Thanks, bros. I'll leave you alone for now, but I'll be back later in Trey's dreams. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) oh man i would not want to be you later trey i know i really hope i don't think about that as i hit the pillow tonight (laughs) oh my god don't think about that laugh either (laughs) are you afraid of clowns trey no but uh I can see myself hitting the pillow thinking about that and having a brutal night. (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, let's move on to the rapid recaps. Go ahead, Ryan. All right. My first one here, I got Washington State and Oregon. The Cougs really made the Ducks uh, have to sweat this one out. Anthony Gordon threw for over 400 yards and led the Cougs on a late touchdown drive to actually take the lead 35-34. But uh, it was a classic case of scoring too early, and uh, they left mm-hmm. one minute on the clock for Justin Herbert in Oregon, who ended up driving down the field and set up a chip shot field goal to win 37-35. So Ducks uh, keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah, Wazoo had some chances in that game. They had a pick six on a third and 25 in their own territory. That was really bad. Yeah, And then the drop touchdown pass, where it was just in the guy's hands, and it led to a pick. So yeah, that yeah, was... Uh, they should have won that game. I was at the uh, at a Wazoo bar right after the game ended, and wow, that's rough. Pe- yeah, people weren't happy. I don't imagine. I heard, I overheard one guy. College football fans are so funny. He was so that Wazoo had just lost to Oregon. He's like, man, we lose. We get it. We have to play Oregon. Meanwhile, Alabama gets to play Arkansas and gets another win. <laughs> it's just like that is just i was cracking up because totally the out thought, of context <laughs> yeah and it's just like oh man the only thing separating us from alabama is the fact that they get an easy schedule or something it's just like what was the sure. point of saying that anyway <laughs> i'm sure he was plastered too right yeah he was yeah there you go all right next one i got uh penn state uh and michigan state then the alliance dominated this one from the get-go they were up 28 nothing at one point before sparty scored a, a late touchdown in the fourth quarter meaningless one and uh sean clifford he's been getting better and better he's made a couple of uh more than a couple he's made some great throws uh, the last couple of weeks you guys see that one he kind of just lobbed over a couple of guys in this that one. was perfect i don't know if he meant to do it like <laughs> seemed like the defender made it pretty bad judgment on that one but yeah it looked good um so they got the win 28-7 uh moving on mississippi state at texas a&m kellen mond may have played his best game of the season, uh, super efficient, had five total touchdowns, uh, and the defense stepped up, forcing three Mississippi State turnovers. They ended up uh, winning 49 to 30, and they're sitting at five and three now. Wow. Uh, Mississippi State, they lost four in a row and uh, seem to be in a little bit of free fall mode right now. It's yeah. Rough. Yeah. Uh, Texas at TCU, Sam Ellinger. He really finally had a night to forget here, completed well under 50% of his passes and threw four picks. Um, he was he was kind of out-dueled by, by freshman Max Duggan for, for TCU. Uh, but Texas defense was, it's just not good enough to overcome uh, four turnovers by their offense. So yeah, Texas is sitting at five and three now. But hey, a huge a flip side, huge win for, for Gary Patterson, who kind of needed it. They're kind of been losing their luster a little bit down there. So hopefully that kind of, perks him back up a little bit yeah he was pumped at the end of the game with he had no voice left but with your boy with bruce with bruce typical 
typical Gary. I don't have any uh, room on my soundboard for Bruce this episode, or else I would play play some Bruce. But <laughs> well, I'm glad. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right. Next one here, Illinois at Purdue. Not sure what's got into Lovey Smith's boys lately, but uh, they won this one 24 to six. Completely shut down the Boilermakers. They were uh, once again on the right side of the turnover battle. Plus two in this one. You know, Illinois, they played it smart. They, it was pouring rain out there, so they decided, hey, let's just not throw the ball. They only passed it seven times the entire game compared to 53 rush attempts, and they got the easy win. So they're sitting at four and four right now, guys, and they got Rutgers, Michigan State, and Northwestern all left on the schedule. So, I mean, if they play like they have in the last two weeks, they're they're going bowling likely. So yeah, crazy turnaround for, for Lovey's boys. Lovey saving his job. He, no doubt. And then finally, uh, Indiana at Nebraska. Uh, Indiana won 38 <laughs> <laughs> Okay. No, That's all no, we the, it, Man, the floodgates have opened for Nebraska's defense, and it doesn't look like there's going to be any answers to stop it, stop it. Peyton Ramsey threw for a career high, 351 yards, and looked like Tom Brady out there. Uh, a huge win for the Hoosiers. You got to be happy for them. They're 6-2 and two now, already bowl eligible. Um and they kind of have an easy schedule too. So they got a couple easy games that they could win, so they could get up to like seven or eight. So, yeah, good, good for them. Great year for them. Yeah. Uh, okay. My first game here. USC had a little, little better game than Nebraska. They beat Colorado thirty-five thirty-one. So they remain in first place in the Pac-12 South. But really, this game was just a heartbreaker for Colorado. They had so many missed opportunities, near turnovers. The final drive was just kind of miraculous. Keaton Slovis <laughs> was trying to turn it over. But um, the reason that USC had that game-winning touchdown drive was because Mel Tucker got conservative late, punted it away when arguably should have gone for it. So rough loss for Colorado. Uh, next, we have the wacky and crazy ACC Coastal. So North Carolina beat Duke 20-17, to and Duke just really oh, wow. <laughs> they screwed this one up so they had a first and goal at the two yard line 18 seconds left of course they're down three and they run a play where they hand it off to the running back and before he got to the line of scrimmage he he kind of he throws it does a little jump pass and it was one of the worst passes i've ever seen oh, thrown. It wasn't even close like no chance of getting to the receiver there were three guys that could have picked it off chad surratt the former quarterback was the one who did intercept it and so that was the game uh, Louisville upset Virginia 28-21. Scott Satterfield having a great first year. Mikel Cunningham playing very solid at quarterback. They're running the ball well. Their offense is pretty decent, whereas Virginia's offense is is very bad. So yeah. <laughs> that's why they lost. And then my last ACC game, Miami at Pitt. Really ugly game, but Jaron Williams came off the bench and led the game-winning touchdown drive, and Miami won 16-12. So now the ACC Coastal standings. Every single team has two or three losses. So the dream of everyone going four and four, a seven-way tie, is still <laughs> po- still possible. That'd be awesome. That would be incredible. Uh, and then lastly, I've got a, a bunch of G5 games here. Um, so Conference USA, the, the East Division is actually pretty competitive. So Marshall took down Western Kentucky on a 53-yard field goal as time expired. So now there are, I think, three teams with one loss, Marshall and Western Kentucky, and then FAU. So... Watch out for that battle. And then in the Mountain Division, another Mountain Division is really good. So of the Mountain West, of course, Air Force dominated Utah State 31-27. And so that means Boise State. Say they dominated 31-27? 31-7. Oh, I thought you said 27. I was like, yeah. Oh, clearly. I might have said 27, but I meant <laughs> no, 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 seven. No, 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 yeah, seven. Okay. So anyway, so yeah, Boise, they're, 
I mean, they were the team to beat, but now they're really the team to beat. Um, and then, okay, AAC. So we'll start in the West. On Thursday, SMU held on 34-31. That was a crazy game against Houston. So, of course, they remain undefeated. Memphis also got extremely lucky to get yeah. to 7-1 uh, and one on the year. Tulsa missed a 29-yard field goal to beat them. Um, so, of course, very lucky for SMU and Memphis that they both win because, of course, they're getting game day this upcoming weekend. And then also still in the West, Navy beat Tulane on a 48-yard field goal as time expired. So they're only a half game back from from SMU. So same in the and they get column. SMU at or no, I'm sorry, no the what's that? You said SMU. My bad. I'm screwing you up. Okay, that's okay. I don't know what you said, but anyway. Either way, Navy's having a great bounce back year. Yeah, Navy's back. Navy's back. And Army sucks. Yeah, it's uh, really sorry, weird. Army, but yeah, what happened to Army, man? I don't know. I don't know. They were supposed to win like 11 games this year, but I know. I don't know. It sucks. And then, okay, I'm I'm almost done. I know that's been going on a long time. AAC East, UCF dominated Temple 63 to 21. So they stay alive, but they still need two losses from Cincinnati uh, because, of course, they don't have the tiebreaker against them. So Cincinnati's in control there. Yep. Yep. All right. My first one is South Carolina at Tennessee. So my Vols, they won 41 21. Ryan Holinsky, he opens the game with a 75-yard touchdown pass to Shai Smith uh, on the first play, but Tennessee regrouped, ended up dominating the second half 24-0. And with Marr injured, the Vols split quarterback reps with Garantano and the redshirt freshman JT Shrout, and they combined for 351 yards. And as Corbel13 on Twitter told us, Tennessee, they're sitting at three and five, but they have a very favorable schedule in their last four games. So you never know. All right. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. Surprising result here as Okie State won 34-27 in Ames. And Okie State really hadn't been playing their best going into this week, but the three-headed monster of Spencer Sanders, Chuba Hubbard, and Tylan Wallace all had great games. And more importantly, they forced the usual efficient Brock Purdy to throw three picks all in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that was a rough game for him. All right. Now, this this was a crazy ending between Texas Tech and Kansas. <laughs> First of all, Kansas, they're clearly improving under Les Miles. And, and Carter Stanley threw for 415 yards, uh, and they, they ended up pulling the upset, upset. But here's how it happened. The game was tied with 13 seconds left. Kansas is lining up for a 40-yard field goal. Texas Tech blocks that. They all scramble, and Texas Tech attempted to return it. The only problem is that they, for some reason, tried to lateral it, and Kansas pounced on the fumble with two seconds left. Mm. Kansas then got another kick even closer, and they made the 32-yard field goal at the horn to win. I mean, <laughs> just less miles. The luck, the luck oh, of less man. miles. That is a tough that beat for Texas Tech. Yeah. All right. ASU at UCLA, the Bruins, man, they're they're playing better. They won forty two to thirty two, but it was it was actually forty two to ten after the third quarter. Josh Kelly ran for one hundred and sixty four, had four touchdowns against Herm's boys, and DTR he he injured his leg in the fourth and he didn't return. But the game was in hand, so it it's it might be something to watch going forward. But uh, UCLA has a chance to win their third straight next week when they host Colorado at the Rose Bowl. Yeah, they're three and two in the Pac-12 right now. It's crazy. Yeah, they're alive in the South. It's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, Cal at Utah. Utah just obliterated the Bears, thirty-five nothing. Huntley and Moss. They both put up great numbers, but it was the Ute defense that shined here. I know Cal was without their top two quarterbacks, but 
they still only gained 83 yards. And Cal's lost four in a row after starting 4-0, so yikes. And the Utes back in the top 10 playing great. All right. Another game we didn't mention, Kentucky beating Missouri with, with Lynn Bowden. <clears throat> sorry, Lynn Bowden at, at quarterback. Um, is there anything else we missed? Uh, I don't know. Okay. Guess not. Well, Alabama, of course, beating Arkansas, killing them with Mac Jones at quarterback. Anyway, there's a lot of games. That's, that's, yeah. that's good for now. Uh, let's move on to week 10. Let's make our picks. So SMU plays at Memphis. Game day, of course, going to be there, like we said. And Memphis is a five and a half point favorite. What are your thoughts, Ryan? Yeah, huge game here for the the AAC West. Uh, getting the ABC night game, game day. That's awesome for them. Kind of hope it'll be a close game, give the fans something fun to watch. But it, as far as the game is concerned, I, I'm liking SMU here. And the main reason why is because of the ground game. Uh, they've SMU running back Xavier Jones has been on a tear recently. He's done really, really well. And Memphis is kind of the, the one of the rare teams out there that they actually give up more rushing yards than passing yards per game. Even though their defense isn't really that bad, it's just kind of a weird stat. It's like they gave up like 188 on the ground than like 186 through the air. So anyways, I see Xavier Jones having a, a big day and I'm going to gladly take the the five and a half there. I'm going to roll the other way. I'm, I'm going to take Memphis. Uh, I know SMU, they're unbeaten, but you know, they're very fortunate. They had to come back to beat Tulsa in three overtimes. And just last week, they had to squeak it out against a, a poor Houston team. I mean, it's not a knock on SMU. I love them. I love their story. I, I'm, I'm rooting for them. But I just think Memphis is better. According to SP+, the Tigers have a better offense, better defense, and a much better special team. So I'm going to take them at home. I agree with you, Trey. And if Memphis, if they hadn't had that bad call in that Temple game where they uh, called that one pass incomplete, they might be undefeated right now too. So I'll call um, it even when with the Tulsa missed field goal. No, that's a good point. Yeah. That's good, but they have been like. Yeah. <laughs> but and I think SMU's actually been in more close games. They've yeah. won four one score games, so a little bit lucky to be undefeated. Brady White for Memphis is having a great year at quarterback. Kenneth Gainwell, I mean, maybe people will know his name after this weekend. Their freshman running back, he's having a monster year on the ground. Their defense, like you say, is solid. So I really like Memphis in this one. I'm going to make them my lock. Mm, wow and my locks have been very very good this year <laughs> fire <laughs> i'm gonna hey, win that one hey then. guys we haven't talked about you know last week you guys both took lsu as your lock oh, i took Ob as my man. lock i mean oh that's you got lucky yeah you did you get lucky, lucky i did get lucky <laughs> <laughs> no but that's good for you it's we good. didn't put any more stakes on it though so yeah yeah, yeah you guys I are feel lucky. good about that now <laughs> yeah my locks have been terrible this year but I don't think I've been very good either. Oh well, Trey. What about about you? I've been keeping track. I'm seven and three. Pretty pretty uh, good run. Okay. Yeah, I know. I just wanted to give you a chance to brag. So <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, hopefully, you repay the favor at some point if I'm ever good at something. <laughs> uh, next game: Utah at Washington. Utah's favored three and a half. Trey, master of of locks. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since the Utes lost to SC, though, they've just they've reeled off four straight wins in pretty dominating fashion. I know it's been against somewhat inferior Pac-12 fo- foes, but they've looked great. Huntley, he he played great last week, but he was notice- noticeably hobbling because he came into that one injured. And Moss, he's played great since being injured. The last two games, they've used him in the receiving game as well, so that's something to watch. But Washington's going to be their toughest test, especially since it's on the road. The Huskies, they had a bye week. I think they're going to rebound from that Oregon loss where they they had that big lead in the second half, and it's a really big game for the Huskies. They don't want to fall to five and four, and they would 
be trending towards their worst season under Peterson. I, I just I like Jacob Eason this year. I think he's going to do enough against the Utes, so I'm going to take the points. Okay, I actually I like Utah in this game, and I just I think they're the best team in the Pac-12. I think they're even better than Oregon. I <clears throat> I love the way their defense is playing, obviously, and with a healthy Tyler Huntley when he's fully healthy and a healthy Zach Moss, of course. I think the offense is really good. They just put up 35 on a Cal defense that hadn't given up more than 24 all year. So I think they'll put up points against a Husky defense that is, of course, down this year. And then I think kind of the key on the other side of the ball for Utah is their defense putting pressure on Jacob Eason. Because I read a stat on a a Husky blog called UW Dog Pound. And they said when Eason is under no pressure, the offense has nine yards per play. But when he's under pressure, it drops to 2.3 yards per play. Eesh. And with Utah's great defensive line, I think they can put him under pressure. I'll take uh, I'll take Utah minus, what is it, three and a half? Yeah. Are you sure it's not two and a half? <laughs> you, I thought it was plus 10. You wish. Oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's plus 10. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with Michael here. I like Utah. They are, they're number one in the nation against the run by more than 15 yards. Like nobody's really even that close to them. So they're just dominant up front. I don't think UW's going to be able to to run on them. So they're going to be a little bit one-dimensional and they're going to be able to tee off on uh, Jacob Eason. And that doesn't really bode well, does it, Mike? It does not. I mean, their offensive line has been good in pass protection, but they don't play Utah every week. So exactly. You, guys, then, are, you guys are making some compelling arguments for me to take the Utes. <laughs> yeah. And, and then you look on the flip side, UW is their 61st in the nation against the run. So Zach Mosh is definitely going to find some success there. I really like the Utes. Like Michael said, I think they're the best team uh, in the Pac-12. So I'm, I'm going to make them my lock of the week, actually. All right. Moving on to Virginia at North Carolina. Uh, Tar Heels are favored two and a half. And the winner here is going to be in first place atop the Coastal at four and two. And I'll take North Carolina. I mentioned uh, a stat last week, and it kind of continues this week. So North Carolina... They've played eight games so far. Six of them have been decided by four points or less, and a seventh was decided by six points. So it is almost always close. I don't expect this game to be any different, but I think they'll win a close one here because I just do not trust Virginia's offense at all right now. And with their defense, you know, Bryce Hall is out, of course. Jordan Mack, their their leader in tackles and sacks, is going to be out for the first half in this one because of a targeting penalty. So maybe, I mean, it's still a good defense, but maybe not as dominant as it was you know, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Well, I'm going to disagree here. Uh, I've been saying if it's an ACC game and it doesn't involve Clemson, then I'm automatically just going to take the points because who knows who's. No, that's, yeah, that's probably two. a good idea. Uh, <laughs> you know, and actually that, that strategy worked out for me last week. Those teams went in those situations, those teams went three and one. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and, and do that again here. I'm going to take the two and a half with Virginia and just count on that. Counting the points. Yeah, I mean, you can pretty much just flip a coin in the ACC, and you know, it's just as predictive as as any uh, any hard hard hitting analysis. It's just impossible to predict the the ACC. But uh, but for the sake of making a prediction, I will just like you, same logic, Ryan. I'll take the points with with Virginia. I think that Virginia's defense will do enough against Sam Howell and the the Tar Heel offense that uh, they'll be just fine. <laughs> Oh my gosh, here we go again. Uh-oh. Hello, college football bros. It's me, the Wicked Witch of San Diego. All right, Wicked Witch of San Diego, what do we have to do to get you out of here? 
Well, you can answer a question about college football. Or you can burn me at the stake. All right, fine. We'll, we'll take the question. You sure you don't want to burn her at the stake? I mean, I thought about it, but, <laughs> you know. All right, we'll take the question. Yeah, I'll take the question. Okay. Which team is most likely to pull out their broom and sweep a particular opponent in two games this season? All right, that's a good question, Wicked Witch of San Diego. Um, which it's definitely a thing, right? Yeah. Okay. She's going to be giving Trey a visit tonight. Oh, no. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, you're in for quite a night, Trey. Um, no, so, so usually, I guess, for this is kind of a weird question, actually, but you, you kind of seems like you have to pick a team that is going to play, of course, once in the regular season and then once in a conference championship. But I'm, I got a curveball here, one out of left field. So, because that's where curveballs typically come from. Non conference bowl game thing here. Yeah. Alabama, LSU, something like that. No, no, oh, no, no. Playoff, yeah. No, no, no. I'm going Liberty beating New Mexico oh, State God, twice because they, <laughs> they scheduled like, each other twice in yeah. the regular season. Oh, yeah. my God. Liberty that's, already won game one at New Mexico State. New Mexico State's winless, so I don't see them winning at Liberty. That's a good one. Yeah. Boom. Nailed it, guys. That's the easy answer. Yeah. Well yeah. done. Gotcha. Well done. I think the witch is, I don't know, dead now. Yeah. You'd <laughs> I killed Ding her. dong. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a few that I, I looked at for this one. I would have to say, though, sorry, Ryan, but I'm going to say Oklahoma is going to beat Baylor in a couple weeks, and then they'll they'll do so again in the Big 12 title. Yeah, it's certainly possible. <laughs> That's a good pick. Yeah, and Baylor, I saw, has a, according to Massey Peabody, 70% chance of, of making the Big 12 title. That's crazy. Thank you very much. Um Okay, I I had it between two others, and I'm I guess I'll lean with oh man, it's tough. I'll say Clemson goes against North Carolina again. Oh, okay. I, I I don't North Carolina. Who knows? I feel like that's a possibility. North Carolina could win the coastal. It's not a for sure way out of yeah. the left field. So if they win this weekend, they know, become the favorite. Exactly. Even though I I, I took Virginia with the points, it's like well, <laughs> you know, you want to see fifty fifty chance pretty much. So. Yeah, yeah, North Carolina, and then they. Hey, I think that that championship game would be a little bit different than uh, their first meeting, but probably. Yeah, the other one I was thinking was Ohio State and Wisconsin. Yeah, you know, Wisconsin still has Minnesota, so Minnesota would have to lose once more on top of that. So that's, but that's a possibility. Also, App State, Louisiana could be. Mm -hmm. Yep, but okay. Good answers, bros. Also, a quick word of advice for your podcast. You need to change your voices. It's really hard for this witch to tell which bro is which. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Also, write a better closing joke for me next time. Goodbye. Witch has got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty bad, but it's best I could do. Oh, well. Thanks, thanks for that, witch. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's get to Oregon. Minus five at USC. Ryan, you taking my Trojans? Um, yes, I am. All right. I, sweet. I am, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean, they've played in quite a few close games this year. They seem to kind of play almost to the level of their competition. Uh, but the main key here is when is Keaton Slovis. We've talked about it. When he's healthy, USC is a different team. They're very competitive. They might have beat UW a few weeks back had Keaton Slovis been healthy because Fink yeah. was horrible. And they had their chances in that one. 
you know, I know Oregon, they got a really good defense, but man, they don't have a, a really explosive offense. I mean, it's not bad, but it's not explosive either. So both these teams, their offenses, I think, are very comparable. They got they both average 6.4 yards per play. So Ooh. don't argue with me on that. I, I believe you. Yeah. So I'm not seeing too big of I mean, US, Oregon's defense is definitely better than the Trojans, but you're getting five and a half and you're getting the home field advantage. So I, I'm going to take that. I'll, I'll take the Trojans. You're only getting five, Ryan. That's the official podcast line. So mm, yeah, you're right. All right. Five. I'll still take five. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to, I'm going to take the plus five. Um, I think at home, USC can keep it competitive. And even if they don't, Slovis has shown he can get a backdoor cover. He did it at Notre Dame. I could definitely see that happening here. Um, if USC were healthy in this game, I might be bold and pick the upset, but their defense is just so depleted right now. A lot of their best players are either out or questionable. So um, I do like Oregon to win. And Oregon's, I mean, their O-line has been, like their running game has been a lot better the last few weeks. They're playing really well. So yeah, CJ Verdell had a huge game last week. Running oh, back. monster game. Yeah. So I think they'll win, but it's just, it's hard for me to to lay points against what I think is a pretty solid USC team. I totally agree. I'm going to take the points with the Trojans, but you know, Oregon, Oregon might still win. And I actually think this could be a higher scoring game. You know, Oregon's defense, they, they played lights out the first half of the year and then they slipped in the past couple of weeks against both the Washington schools and, and, you know, and USC's defense isn't exactly stout. So there could be more of a, more of a shootout. And the other thing about USC is they're a different team at home. They've, they've dominated teams in the Coliseum and, and hey, if uh, if the Trojans win this one and Utah loses at Washington, they could be the clear leader in the South just after this weekend. Yeah, it's a huge swing week for for that for the Pac-12 South for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Next game, probably the biggest game of the weekend. Well, definitely the biggest game: Georgia against Florida in the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Georgia's can't favorite. call it that anymore. Yeah, I I just did. So Georgia's <laughs> true. <we> did. <laughs> You're gonna get censored. All right, Ryan, can you just shut up, please? Ooh, okay, Michael. <laughs> was, that, that came out serious. It was meant more like a brotherly, you know, playful yeah, way. Sure. <laughs> um, Georgia's favorite five and a half. So what do you think, Trey? I like the Gators with the points, and I'm actually going to make them my my lock. I'm just going to get that out of the way here. Yeah, they're both teams, they're, they're coming in off of a bye. But leading up to the bye, Georgia just did not look that great. Obviously, they they lost at home to South Carolina. But then after that, they were in a scoreless battle with Kentucky at home until they, they had to pull away late. And on the other side, Florida, in my eyes, has done nothing wrong this year. They, they play well on offense and defense. They've had a really tough schedule. And, and the only one they lost was at LSU, which we talked about. And they were tied late in that game. I just, I just don't like the mojo with Jake Fromm and that Georgia offense right now. So I'll take the points with the Gators. Yeah, Trey, I 100% agree with you. I was thinking about making Florida my lock as well. I just don't see how Georgia's going to put up so many points that they're going to separate themselves from Florida in this one. What did, I haven't seen anything, at least statistically or eye test or anything, that makes me think that they're going to go up and just whoop up on Florida, at least by a touchdown. I just, I don't know. I, I just don't see much separation between these two teams. In fact, I kind of like Florida. I remember a couple weeks ago, I was like thinking of spreads in my head. I just like Florida to win straight up. I just think they're playing a little bit better offensively. So yeah, I'm definitely taking the five and a half here. Yeah, it is definitely tempting to take that five and a half, especially with Kadarius Tony, Jabari Zuniga, and Jonathan Grenard all expected to be back for for Florida. So that's 
that's huge. Um, I guess I'll just, I, I don't feel strongly about this game one way or the other. So I'll, uh, I'll just make a, a, I guess a devil's advocate argument for Georgia. I think a lot of people, of course, writing them off after that loss to South Carolina, but the defense, I think is still really good. I think it's right up there for tops in the SEC along with Auburn. And yeah, the offense has been concerning and nobody really likes the, the offensive coordinator, James Coley right now, but. I mean, early in the season, it was playing well, and they've had some bad games for sure. And I'll give at least, hey, last game, maybe I can give the excuse of of the rain against Kentucky. It was kind of bad conditions. That's true, it was. I mean, I'm kind of grasping at straws there, but I looked at the weather Saturday in Jacksonville, not supposed to be rain, supposed to be clear. So not a super confident pick, but I'll just take the more talented Georgia team, minus five and a half. All right. What uh, what cocktail are you going to have drinking this game, Michael? Ooh, that's a good question. You know what I haven't had in a while? Uh, my favorite beer, Mission Mission Hefeweizen. Oh, maybe I'll go get that. Oh, yeah, you do love that. It's, it's good. It's been a while. It's been a while because you don't, you can't find it everywhere. So okay. yeah, um, I got to go to Bristol Farms and get that. Trey, can you stop by there for me? Well, you live close. How about no? Okay. Well, how about I edit the podcast to make you look like an idiot? Oh wait, I don't need to do that. You do it yourself. <laughs> All right, I'll get you the dang beer. <laughs> I'm just, I love being a bully. Um, wow. <laughs> honorable mentions time. Go ahead, Trey. All right, I'll lead us off here. We've got West Virginia at Baylor on Thursday night. Baylor's favorite 17 and a half. Baylor, obviously they're unbeaten. They deserve the praise for their turnaround. But to me, they're, they're kind of like Minnesota, where they haven't had to face a ranked team, and they've eked out some close wins. And after this they know that their toughest tests are coming they got tcu oklahoma and texas and i know west virginia they've been working through growing pains in neil brown's first year but i think austin kendall will be able to move the ball enough to keep it within the spread so i'm going to say baylor wins but west virginia covers next one also on thursday night georgia southern plays app state the mountaineers are favored 16 and a half and i know it's hard to go against the option but georgia southern's offense ranks 113th in sp plus shy Wirtz is just not a threat throwing downfield and in a game where they're probably going to be trailing and need to pass i'm going to take app state the mountaineers have been destroying everyone in their path in the sun belt and they've held their last three opponents to 17 combined points yeah, it's going to be Next, interesting. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt here, but yeah. for for App State, if they go undefeated, they still, of course, have out South Carolina. But if they're undefeated, and you're putting their resume up against uh, a one loss, say AAC champ, that that's going to be an interesting debate. One loss ACC champ? Did you say? Uh, well, I meant to say AAC. Oh, oh, for oh, you mean for the uh, group of five for the G five slot? Yeah, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Or what about Boise? Oh, Boise yeah. lost. Yeah, no, but they they, them too. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, yeah, it's a good point. All right, well, that'll play itself out hopefully here down the down the stretch. But now we've got Miami at Florida State. The Seminoles are favored four points. And, man, back in the day, this was just must-watch TV. I loved those games so much. But uh, as far as this one, I hate giving points in the, the coin flip ACC games, but I think Florida State's been playing better than Miami recently. Jaron Williams and Nikosi Perry have been dealing with injuries, and they've been somewhat ineffective in the last couple games and the Knowles on the other hand they've easily won their games at home in conference and I like that Cam Akers has been a force in the last couple games putting up huge numbers including six total touchdowns yeah and then finally Virginia Tech at Notre Dame the Irish are favored 17 and a half I know Notre Dame just got curb stomped by Michigan but (laughs) Michigan's pretty good we talked about the weather how dreadful it was 
It's one of those games where you just think Brian Kelly probably just won't even show the game film. They'll just toss it and move on. And and the Hokies, they give up a bunch of passing yards. So I think Ian Book, he's going to bounce back, find guys like Chase Claypool and have a big day. The Hokie quarterbacks are banged up. It looks like they'll have Hendon Hooker back, but his leg injury um, is, is still relevant, and he's a mobile quarterback. So I'm going to take the Irish. Okay, my first game here, TCU at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's favorite three and a half, and they're just a really tough team to pick. It kind of has been that way for the last two years. So since the beginning of last year, when they're a favorite, they're seven and seven straight up. And when they're an underdog, they're five and two. Wow. So I'll just say that trend continues, and they kind of underperform as a favorite. Spencer Sanders has a couple turnovers. He's been known to do that, and I'll say TCU gets the, uh, the cover. Uh, Kansas State minus five and a half at Kansas. This is actually an intriguing game this year. This is, a, yeah, it is. and this is a really good spot for for Kansas. K State, of course, coming off of a gigantic victory, and Kansas right now under their new offensive coordinator has been playing really well offensively the last few games. They almost beat Texas, of course. They beat Texas Tech uh, this past weekend. So I will take Carter Stanley to. Uh, uh, yeah, why not? I'll take him to pull off the upset. Uh, next game, Ole Miss at Auburn. Auburn's favored 18 and a half. John Rice Plumley might return this weekend, but I think whether it's him or Matt Corral, their offense is not going to do much against a great Auburn defense. And I think you'll see Bo Nix play better, you know, at home and against a, a, a much less talented defense than LSU. So I will take Auburn. And then finally, Mississippi State minus seven and a half at Arkansas. This is a battle of fan bases who are very unhappy with their coaches. You know, I don't quite know the finances at both of those schools. And I know those coaches, of course, will be both owed some money if uh, if they fire them. But they're they're feeling pretty hopeless. So uh, I'm going to take Mississippi State here. Garrett Schrader at least can can move the ball with his legs, whereas the Arkansas quarterbacks just seem they, they just can't do anything right now. <laughs> I mean, it's bad. Uh, all right. Uh, my first game, I got uh, Florida Atlantic and Western Kentucky, who's favored two and a half. This is a big one for the Conference USA East, as Michael kind of already alluded to. Both these teams just have one loss, so the, the winner's going to have the inside track to, for the division. I'm going to lean towards the team with the better offense here, Florida Atlantic. Western Kentucky really struggles moving the ball. They're 110th uh, in yards per game, so hard for me to trust them. I'll take uh, Lane Kiffin's boys. And next game, I got NC State at Wake Forest, who's favored 7.5. Seven and a half is kind of a lot of points here uh, in the ACC, and I kind of have a rule of thumb on that one, so I'm going to pick NC State. I'm going to take the seven and a half points. I know they're going to be starting a new quarterback, a freshman quarterback, for the first time since Russell Wilson, so it'll be Devin Leary out there. But Wake is just leaky on defense. They lost to Louisville a couple times a couple, couple weeks ago, giving up 62 points. So Wakey leaks. Yeah, I'm just going to take the seven and a half and just take my chances. And regardless of if our brother plays or not, Jamie Newman or Tim Hartman. All right. Nice, Michael. Yeah, I said, uh, Trey, th- thanks. Trey heard it. Trey heard it. I, I'm sorry. I missed what Michael said. Uh, that was, it was, it was, yeah, something. All right. Well, I'll have to listen to the podcast to find out, I guess, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Do you usually listen to the podcast? I skim. Okay. You can't skim a podcast. I, well, How do you skim a podcast? I skim when you, skip when you talk, Mike. Oh, fair. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Yep. All right. Uh, next one here. I got Oregon State at Arizona, who's favored five and a half. Arizona, they just fired uh, their defensive coordinator after a rough showing against Stanford. 
Fair enough. Um, not a very good sign. Uh, so I think Jake Luton and Isaiah Hodgins will have a big game here. And I think they'll keep this one close, maybe even win it. So uh, I'm going to take the Beavers plus the five and a half points there. They're much improved. Yeah, they can do it. Yeah. And finally, I got Michigan, who's favored 18 and a half at Maryland. Maryland lost to Penn State 59 to nothing. Purdue 40 to 14. And Minnesota 52 to 10. So I like Michigan to cover. I think they're going to have put up a similar score to the ones I just mentioned. I'm going to take the Maize and Blue easy. All right. Good job, guys. Um, uh-oh. Looks like we got another visitor, guys. Ah, crap. Well, hello there, college football bros. It's your favorite vampire, Dracula. Nobody gives a damn, Dracula. Just ask the question. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm a big fan of blood. So which team do you think is in for the... Biggest bloodbath in the final stretch of the season. Um, okay, well, biggest bloodbath. I'm going to go with the team I just mentioned. I'm going to say Arizona. Uh, they're sitting at 4-4 four and four right now, so not, you know, not bad. But they've lost three in a row, and they really need to win this week against the Beavers. Uh, and that's not going to be easy. Because uh, after that, they play at Oregon, Utah, and then at Arizona State. So... I wouldn't be shocked if they uh, they lost out. Maybe just get one. So, yeah, there it could be a bloodbath to finish for for Rich Rod. Or not for Rich Rod. For <laughs> <Kevin> <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> yeah, they all blended together, I guess. Yeah, it could be Rich Rod, too, over at Ole Miss. Yeah. I'm going to look to Minnesota. I, I know they're unbeaten, and this is not a knock. They've had a great year. P.J. Fleck, they've been doing doing great things to, to turn it around. But their upcoming slate's pretty tough. They got Penn State next week. They have to play at Iowa, and then they they play at Northwestern. They could win that one, but then they finish the year against Wisconsin, who I still think is a really good team. So yeah. there could be a few losses right there, and that could there can be rowing that boat upstream here in the in the near term. Nice. Um, okay, I'll say uh, I'll say Texas because they've already lost two out of three. Their next three games are all losable. They got K State at Iowa State, and then at Baylor. So, Ooh. yeah, that's good they got answer. A, good answer. Thank you. Thank you. And then last game of the season is against Texas Tech. It's not like that's a gimme. So I think they're looking at maybe seven and five. And that's kind of on the low end, kind of worst case. But that would be, of course, really disappointing for, for Texas. Yep. Yep. Thanks for those answers, bros. But one last observation before I leave. You guys are even paler than me. Get a tan. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Yeah, yeah. Not the not not the darkest of boys. And when Dracula's saying that, that's that's saying something. Yeah, fair enough. I'm out in the sun a little bit, but yeah, you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're a lot of sunscreen. <laughs> that's good. Uh, all right. Well. Thank you very much, Dracula, again, for coming on the show. Uh, but it is now time for the questionable finish. Hey, bros. This is Jigsaw. There will be no questionable finish today. I have Ryan's dog, Nilo. And if you'd like to see him again, <laughs> you have to answer two questions. Oh, no. Don't worry. I'm not going to hurt him. He's just really cute, and I might keep him. 
Question number one. What costume would you most like to see a coach wear on the sideline this weekend? You know, hey, he's been quiet. I'm like, what's going on here? I haven't heard him bark for a while, so, okay. (laughs) He's he's gone. He's gone. He must not be here. Uh, All right, to answer the question there, uh, I'm going to say I'd like to see Eddie O in the... uh, dressed up as a, the cookie monster <laughs> wow. okay because yeah. maybe he kind of sounds like him a little bit yeah a little bit and then i think him eating would be kind of similar look to that too yeah okay i yeah. uh i want to see chris peterson dressed as a pumpkin i just just because he's I, I he's the most serious coach i could think of he's just kind of a boring guy so just kind of the contrast of him in like a ridiculous child's costume i think would be funny all right. I'm going to say I want Lane Kiffin to go as a blind ref. Oh, uh, I don't know yeah. if you guys saw the, the tweet that kind of went viral, but he tweeted a blind <laughs> ref meme last week, and it would be pretty pretty hilarious if he showed up <laughs> dressed like that. All right, I like it. Question number two. What are your upset specials this weekend? Okay, I'm going to take a 10-point underdog to win outright. The UAB Blazers playing at Tennessee of course, Jarrett Garantano just had surgery on his hand. Not sure if he'll play or Brian Maurer will be back from his concussion, but either way, there's a little bit in flux there. And Tennessee lost some good players on both sides of the ball to injury last game, so I'll go with UAB's really good defense to keep it close. Who knows? I'm going back to the ACC here. I got to take Georgia Tech plus eight against Pitt. The Yellow Jackets, they had a bye week after winning at Miami somehow before that. They're going to be fresh and you know, anything can happen in that conference. Yeah, we need it for the 4-4. Four and four. That's a big yeah. game. We need Georgia Tech there. Yeah, no, that, that's a good picture. I like that one. Um, I'm going to go with the team that Michael really doesn't like, and I understand it. I'm taking the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, they're they're getting 7.5 right now against the Bulldogs in Mississippi State. And I, I don't really like Arkansas. I mean, who, who really does? But I really don't like what Mississippi State's doing right now. They're really struggling, so... Yeah, it seems like there's some turmoil going on in that program. Would be surprised if Moorhead sticks around. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take the the Razorbacks. Ryan, didn't you did you win last week? Oh yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah, I, my upset special hit I, again. Thank you. I had Illinois over Purdue. Very good, Ryan. They dominated. Uh, okay, let's hope those answers were good enough for uh, you to get your dog back. Congratulations, Bros. You answered my questions. Also. Milo peed on my rug and bit my face, so I'm giving him back anyway. <laughs> bye bye. Yeah, yeah, that that's Milo. Classic, <laughs> classic Milo. Classic Milo. Michael uh, would know all about that. I would. Yes, it's almost like it's almost like I told Jigsaw what to say. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, that'll do it for our the- mateys. Wait just one second there. No, we're done. We're done. Seriously, get the f*** out of here. (laughs) (laughs) No, maybe next year. (laughs) All right. Sorry about all those interruptions, everyone. But thank you for listening to the College Football Bros Halloween special. If you enjoyed the show, or even if you didn't, I guess, maybe you like the other episodes, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Sign up for our email list that we just started um, to get invitations to things like our bull pick'em and trivia contests in the future. Uh, You can find that at collegefootballbros.com, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. 
keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.